Now, there's a land of blogs and podcasts out there waiting to be explored, teaser lines to hook you in. And then once you're there, there's no going back. And I got bogged in one the other day. Uh, I was looking for a story about royal jelly because my show today is a right royal Easter show. I didn't, I couldn't get the royals in here, unfortunately. So I thought I'd do a story on royal jelly. Um, look, and I thought... I was just put it into my 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 Google, and up popped a blog and podcast by Mr. Science Show, where science meets pop culture. Now the name uh, mightn't say schmick marketing, but the content on it was great, and I really did get quite bogged. Um, but who is this Mr. Science Show? Well, he joins me in the studio now. Moonlighting as Mark West. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Lish. What do you mean it doesn't say schmick marketing? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> of all the creative, clever puns in the world, Mr. Science Show just doesn't have, I don't know, it just has no wordplay in it there. That's what, true. Where, it, where did you come up with such a name? Well, I didn't actually come up with it, to be perfectly honest. It was a... Uh, it traces back, uh, my brother used to work for ABC Radio and went and worked in China for a little while. And uh, I went over to visit him. He got me in the studio one day and we thought we'd do a science spot. I can't remember what it was about, maybe cloning or something like that. And uh, then the, the guys back announcing the show didn't have a name for this little segment. And they said, and that was the Mr. Science Show. <laughs> and so then uh, decided, well, that kind of stuck there. So it's great. No, that- it is great. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mock it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of catchy. <laughs> <laughs> now, you do uh, podcasts and, and blogs about science. What do you love about doing that? I, there's, there's a bunch of things. So I'm, I'm passionate about science. I guess it's a hobby I, I really like. Uh, the idea of science, collecting evidence, making, you know, learning things about the world, making decisions based on science, uh, that type of thing. And there's also the idea of kind of the discipline of writing up your own work and communicating science is really interesting. And then podcasts are really interesting, mucking around with recording and, and, and doing things with sound effects. And I mean, I'm very amateur in this in this regard, but uh, that, that type of thing, doing that for yourself, it's a lot of fun. And it's a big industry, isn't it, the podcast? I'm amazed how many blogs I read that have a podcast attached or just a pure podcast each week. There's so much. That's right. So when, when I started doing into. this in 2005 or 2006, there were, there were obviously some. I'm certainly not the first, but now there are, there are well, I don't know, millions, maybe thousands. What are thousands. your top science podcasts? Uh, what are, my, what are your what are top my science ones? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I quite like, and I'm not just sucking up to the ABC here, I quite like some of the ABC radio ones that, that, that come out. Uh, there are actually a number of different ways that science is communicated online now too as well. So you can watch video or vodcasts, uh, video casts on, on YouTube. Uh, Verisatium's pretty good there. Uh, there's a bunch of podcasts that come out of the university. Sydney University have got a, a few that I listen to. Uh, my, my listening has gone down a little bit since the advent of small children in my life. But um, <laughs> uh, but there are there is a whole world of, uh, of, of science podcasts out there, the BBC, uh, This Week in Science, uh, National Public Radio out of the US. Yeah. Now, my guest this morning is Mark West, aka Mr. Science Show. And I discovered you when when I was looking for Royal Jelly. Look, it it blew me away, the whole idea of Royal Jelly, because I thought it was just some sort of supplement. I know it has something to do with Queen Bees, but I just, you know, saw it as a 90s uh, superfood, really. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, what is it about royal jelly? Because I read on your blog that both the worker, the worker bee, and the queen bee are genetically identical. That's right, but are completely different in, in every way they look and behave. Can, so it's very interesting, explore? isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit of a 
it, it, it's it's more than just a superfood. It's more than the the quinoa of the the bee world. <laughs> it uh, it actually changes uh, the bee phenotype. So worker bees and queen bees are exactly the same. Worker bees get fed honey when they're younger and they grow up uh, eating honey. Queen bees are eating this royal jelly. And despite their exact same genetics, they, they grow up into different things. So there are lots of worker bees going around doing the things bees do. Uh, and then there's the queen bee who sits around laying eggs and doing that sort of thing. And they're much bigger than the worker bees. So what the royal jelly actually does is something uh, called an epigenetic effect. It works above the genome. So eating the royal jelly kind of turns on and off parts of the bee genome to turn it into something with exactly the same genetic structure but looks very different, with its genes activated where worker bees' genes aren't activated. Really? Yeah, so it's it's a little bit similar to why you don't get ears growing on your stomach. You know, the, the genes for, for that aren't turned on in your, in your belly. Uh, or You don't grow livers yep. on your feet because liver genes aren't turned on in your feet, even though all your cells contain your full genetic structure. Are, are there any other animals that have this epigenetic... Uh, this is the one that I know that has the, the most distinct yeah. uh, effect that we see. But uh, there's, a, there's a world of epigenetic study out there. There's a, there's a real line of thinking that this is something that you might even see in humans uh, and that type of thing that the environment may actually affect our genome in some sense through these epigenetic effects. So in the, the royal jelly, there's a, there's a whole bunch of minerals and enzymes and uh, complex vitamins and proteins. And so even though it was a bit of a hippie thing back in the 70s for humans to eat uh, royal jelly, it doesn't work on our DNA, <laughs> uh, but it does work on the bee DNA. Wow. And then that triggers that whole cascade of events. How do we harvest royal jelly? Is that out of, out of left field, that question? It's a little bit out of left field. I presume we harvest it sort of the similar way to which we harvest Har- honey. honey. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Have you ever had royal jelly? No, I You're haven't. You're looking young. Oh, that's very kind of you, Lish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the quinoa and kale I'm oh, eating at the okay, moment. Oh, okay, yeah. the latest superfood. That's right. <laughs> I think you can still get royal jelly. I think you can. Yeah. I think you can. My guest this morning is uh, Mr. Science Show, Mark West, and you're with me, Lish Fayer on Triple Six ABC Canberra. Mark, it's time. The Experimentarium on Triple Six ABC Canberra. Yes, it's that time where we take a scientist and feed them to the radio in our hands-on science demonstration in the studio. For this one, you will need a bowl, um, some chocolate, which there might be some left over lying around if the uh, Easter Easter beings haven't eaten it all, <laughs> and, uh, you, and a microwave. Now, we understand you mightn't have a microwave handy if you're out on the road or doing an Easter egg hunt. Um, but all these uh, experimentariums are online at www.abc.net.au slash Canberra and follow the links to weekends and Sundays. Now, Mark, what are we doing today? I'm intrigued. Well, hopefully there's some chocolate lying around in various houses today. We are going to work out the speed of light using just a microwave and some chocolate. Stop it. No, we can. And we can get actually very, very close, I think uh, you'll find. So what you need, you need to take out the the plate, the rotating plate from your microwave to figure out a way that it's not going to spin around in your microwave. Get a plate in there and get a piece of chocolate that's probably around about, probably good if you could get it 20 centimetres long, a little bit. Do you need a solid piece of chocolate or can you make a, a sort of a bed of chocolate broken up Easter eggs. So you can make a bed of chocolate if you like. You can use cooking buds. Uh, we're going to start by using marshmallows actually because it's uh, it's very simple to see it with marshmallows. They cook really interestingly. Uh, 
you just need to, you know, basically cover the space a little bit. And what, well, should I tell you what's going to happen yet or should we do it well, first? Well, let's explore it. Can we explore? So we're going to work at the speed of light. Do you need a calculator? You've got a brain the size of a planet. <laughs> but I need a calculator. Can I discover my, okay. Okay, yes. so now tell us what we have to do. Yeah, let's do it. You do need it. You do need a calculator. We'll do it with marshmallows first and then we'll, you can try it home with uh, the chocolate. So go and get the chocolate. That's right. And the good thing yeah. about this is this experiment, like all good experiments, is if it fails, you can eat it. Oh, brilliant. So. <laughs> and if it fails on radio, no one will know. That's right. We'll still I mean, be just eating it. That's right. Don't, don't right. take that to your chemistry class, though. I'm, I'm not <laughs> okay. endorsing that approach. Uh, so you put it in there, and then the, the, the story is, so a microwave uh, has microwave radiation in it. That's how things inside a microwave cook. And it has a certain wavelength, and it sets up a standing wave inside your microwave. So kind of like a skipping rope, or you've probably done the experiment with a slinky. Uh, you can get a standing wave going uh, just by, by rocking it to and fro. And a standing and, wave is like a, a, a I'm, think, I'm, I'm doing a snake movement. That's right. So that that's the, right. Yeah, with my hand. A bit that's like right. Wave, waves? Like they're waves. Yeah. So there are parts of the microwave where there's no cooking going on at all. They're the nodes. And then there are parts of the microwave where there's lots of cooking going on, where the microwaves themselves are uh, heating the water in the in the in the chocolate or the, the marshmallow or whatever you're doing to, to a really strong extent. And that's why you have a rotating plate usually in a microwave to, to rotate your food through these different hot spots in the microwave so it cooks evenly. Uh, so we've taken the plate out. And what you can do is if you put chocolate in there or marshmallows or, or whatever, you can spot the, the points that melt first and they're the really hot points. And that's uh, the distance between them is half a wavelength. So if you know... The frequency of the microwave, which you do, it's written on the side of your microwave, 2.45 gigahertz. Okay. Uh, so that means the wave is, is, is going up and down 2.45 times 10 to the 9 times per second. Ugh. So really fast. Ugh. Yep. And you know the distance between the hot spots. You can work out the speed of light. You mm. simply times them together and you get the speed of light. Really? Okay. Because microwaves, we don't consider light, but they're in the, they're in the electromagnetic spectrum. That's right. I think we always think light is visible light. That, that's, that's what right. we associate with light, but within that whole visible, within that whole electromagnetic spectrum, they are all travelling at the speed of light. That's right. Everything, everything in the from gamma rays to to microwaves to all yeah, those other to, to whatever it is. Radiation. Yeah, anything in that in that spectrum is yeah. travelling at the speed of light. Okay, so that's why we're using microwaves. That's right. Because the easiest, okay. easiest okay. thing we've got with us. Fire away, Mark. All right. I, so we'll put on this for roughly about uh, maybe about twenty seconds. You can you can watch it. So I'll let it do that and I'll talk through it because I'm sure a microwave ticking down doesn't make the best radio. Uh, so what you'll find is that there are certain spots in the microwave that are going to cook uh, a lot quicker than, than other spots. 20 seconds should probably do it. And then we'll measure. I've got a ruler here. We'll measure the difference between uh, the hot spots and see how we go. There's the sound, the sound of excitement. All right. Really? Okay. Let's have a look. Yeah, so... Oh, I think we probably could have put it on a little bit more. Do you want to put it on a bit more? No, no, you can still see where it's melted. Yeah, so there's a spot there, there's a spot there. You can oh. kind of, if you stick your, your ruler in, as I'm doing right now, and getting marshmallow all over it, there are bits that aren't cooked, so there's yep, not absolutely. very cooked there. That's cooked oh, very definitely. well there. That's, that's, that's cooked very well there. So let's go with those two okay. spots. Yep, so we're measuring. Mark is now measuring, as he is a scientist, he's measuring between two soft spots on the marshmallow. Ah. <laughs> uh. This is this is you're with the experimentarium this morning in on triple six ABC Canberra. 
So if you put it in the microwave for too long, you're going to melt the whole thing. Well, you know, it's going to spread. So we were roughly about six centimetres between hotspots. Okay, great. So if we're going six centimetres between hotspots, that's half a wavelength. Okay. So So that makes a full wavelength about 12 centimetres. Okay. So I'm going to do it. Yep. So if you do uh, 2.45 times 10 to the 9. 2.45 times 10 to the 9. Oh. Times by... Point one ten. two. Wait, I'm going to put ten. Two. Yep. Times. Times it by point one two, yep. which is twelve centimeters in meters. Okay. You should get something. Twenty nine point four. So you're getting twenty nine. So so two point nine four times ten to the eight. Oh, yep. The speed of light is two point nine seven times ten to the really? eight. Really. Yep. That's fantastic. So that's that's. Are you that's, happy with the accuracy there? I'm pretty happy with that accuracy, to be honest. I'm amazed by that. Can we chuck the chocolate? Have we got time to put the chocolate in just quickly? We certainly do have time to put the chocolate in. Um, It's all just to see if it works the same. That's incredible. I've I've always noticed that with microwaves, that things do heat up in certain areas. Is that why we have the turntable on a microwave? That is why we have the turntable on the microwave. That's right. And that's why you need to stir things through, you know. So if you've got a soup and they say after a couple of minutes, stir it through, that's, you've got to stir that heat through to, to get it evenly because microwaves don't cook evenly. Okay. Sorry, I keep doing those chocolate buds there, Mark. Um, if you're doing this science experimentarium at home, let me know how you're getting on with it. Did you, did you notice the nodes in the, in the uh, chocolate from your, from your experimentarium or did it not work at all? Okay. We're trying again. Mark, while that's doing it, we'll just, uh, after the news, we are going to um, have a fantastic guest in the studio. It's Folk Festival Fever, and Tift Merritt, American singer-songwriter, has just landed in Canberra, and she's out there in the green room and is going to be playing some tunes for us um, just after, after 11. It's fabulous. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, have you been to the folk festival this weekend? No, I haven't, but I really wish I had. I yeah. heard the earlier guys and um, who live just down the road from me. I discovered in the green room. Oh, there you go. You can yeah. go and see the worm farm. Well, you, that I you can go doing see the... them in Newtown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it, it's such a fabulous event. We've also got Joe Laverty, who's going to who went to see uh, some firemen doing an amazing stunt. Uh, and we're going to be talking about why our platypus, our beloved platypus, is not the chosen one when it comes to delivering Easter eggs. It's a monotreme. It's got eggs. Why have we chosen the bilby to be our Australian com- contingent for delivering Easter eggs? Anyway, Mark, sorry, go on. No, well, we have some chocolate. We have some more chocolate. And this, actually, so what I've done is I've covered the entire plate with chocolate buds. So, Lish, we're going to have a lot of fun eating the mess that we've made oh, really? after this. Oh, yeah, look at uh, that. And you can actually kind of see uh, lines through it where the where the nodes of the standing wave were and where the, the high peaks of the, the standing wave were. So you can see them through there. Great. And you measure the, the distance. Let's go. Let's go again. We've let's got 30 go seconds, again. I think. 30 seconds. So look, I think this is probably yep. a bit less than six, six actually, six centimetres. Okay. But double that, you're getting about 11 centimetres. So you're still, we're still within, uh, if, if everybody believes the maths in my head, within yep. 10% of Great. the actual speed of light Great. in the vacuum. Very Mark good. West, thanks so much for coming in this morning.